You're listening to a 10 Minutes on Tuesday podcast for Propel. I'm your host, James Haken from Elliott's. Thank you for downloading and enjoy. So I'm here at the Hatton Tun in Clerkenwell, the Punch leasehold, and joining me is Duncan Garud, the CEO of Punch Taverns, uh, appointed in June, I believe. Yes, it was. And, uh, well, welcome to 10 Minutes on Tuesday. Thank you. And I suppose we might start off to begin with about how did you end up being in the job you're doing and a little tiny bit of a background, if that's okay. Well, I was very privileged that somebody thought that I might uh, be a uh, suitable candidate to, uh, to run uh, pubs. And having come out of the uh, hospitality industry, previously running restaurants and coffee shops, um, and being a very British person, the opportunity to work with pubs, which is so important to the British psyche, was just an offer that I couldn't possibly refuse. Uh, I have pubs in my blood, and uh, I love the community uh, importance that pubs bring. I love the hospitality elements that pubs bring, um, and the fact that pubs matter to people. So when somebody asked me, do you want to come and run some pubs, the answer was absolutely. It's not just some pubs, it's a very large group of pubs as well. It is quite a large group, (laughs) very diverse too. That's great. And last week was obviously a big week for you with uh, the first results announcement in your role. Is that right? To the city? Yes, yes. This was my first uh, announcement to the city. Yeah. And uh, how did that all go and what were kind of some of the key takeaways? Well, we were very pleased with the results. Um, we uh, see the quality of our estate improving. Um, clearly, as people know, we've been disposing of some pubs uh, out of our non-core business, so the, the less performing uh, pubs that we have in our portfolio, uh, as a result of which the remaining pubs have performed much better. So we had a 4% growth in profit per pub, which we were very pleased with, and now 95% of our profits uh, come from our core estate, whereas a year ago it was only 88%. So we're seeing an improvement in the quality. Uh, we also saw for the, uh, the second consecutive year uh, like-for-like growth, which I think is always the key indicator that your business is healthy. Uh, so we're very pleased to see that. Um, but of course, the big news uh, as far as the financial elements uh, are concerned was uh, the reduction in debt for the business. Uh, we took through financial restructuring and also some disposals about a half a billion pounds off our balance sheet, um, as a result of which our debt is now in a much more stable condition. Uh, the financial restructuring is done. And the great news about that is it's going to enable myself and the team to focus on the future and on adding value into the pub business, uh, and on how we improve standards uh, and become more relevant to consumers. That's great. One of the key things that kind of reading through the plan seems to be around the operational models and the kind of change in that space. Can you talk a little bit to that? Yes. uh, One of the things that we talked about was uh, having a variety of operating models. Uh, Typically, Punch has been a leased and tenanted business. Uh, We certainly see that continuing. However, there are additional models now that are relevant to the the variety of pubs that we have in our portfolio and the way that publicans want to work today. So, for example, uh, we have turnover-related agreements now where ourselves and a publican will share in percentages of turnover that we have uh, in a pub. Uh, Typically, that's a very good model for uh, food-led destination pubs. Uh, We also have introduced what we call a retail contract, Uh, This is where uh, a publican comes in, runs the pub, focusing on the front end of the business, the hospitality uh, and the staff management in particular, uh, and we manage the back of house offer. Uh, We have a different model there from that which is uh, current in our our leased model, and it's an opportunity really for publicans to focus on what they're good at without worrying and having the hassle 
of the back of house, managing cash flows, managing stock, for example. So we have 30 of those uh, running at the moment, and we certainly see that as uh, a potentially uh, significant model for the future. Uh, we also announced that we have one, just the one, managed house. Uh, the reason we've done that is we want to get closer to consumers and understand how consumers behave. And frankly, we don't feel we can be a credible pub business unless we're running at least a few pubs directly ourselves. Uh, we don't see this as being a huge part of our business going forward. It's more about picking up the learning from the market and from the consumers about our offers. Uh, but nonetheless, it is a new model for Punch. And I think both of those things are quite different, really. Can, I suppose if we look back in terms of Punch's history of being this, I suppose it's a landlord-based scenario. And getting into that kind of retail space and becoming a retailer or really having to look at the market a lot more of the, as an overall picture, what have you had to do operationally to get that to come into fruition, really? Well, you're right. The, uh, the market these days is changing. Consumers are becoming much more discerning. Uh, the degree of choice that consumers have uh, for spending their leisure time and their leisure money has increased vastly over the, certainly the years that I've been operating in the market. Uh, we now compete with coffee shops, we compete with casual dining restaurants, uh, and people can have a variety of uh, uh, dining and drinking and community experiences. We have to have a variety of offers that match that. Uh, therefore, as, as that uh, consumer demand gets more sophisticated, uh, we have to have models that uh, are able to adapt to it. So our retail uh, uh, concept, for example, uh, is uh, potentially a much better place for us to learn about how to do different things for the consumer through increasing retail standards, through changing the merchandising, through having a different offer for the consumer, from doing different promotions from potentially having a different, what we call rhythm of the week, different uh, fun activities that go on in a pub that entertain customers. We can try things through our, our, our retail uh, contract uh, pubs so that we can learn more about what consumers want and then we can apply that knowledge to pubs that are operated through our lease and tenancy business as well by sharing the, uh, uh, sharing the best practice. Great. And I suppose that for those that are perhaps the cynics listening, it could be very easy for someone to say, well, actually, the only reason Punch are doing any of this is because of the, uh, the dreaded three-letter word of MRO. I guess. <laughs> what would you respond to that? Well, Punch was working on these things way before I started, and it was exactly the right level of uh, uh, evolution thinking, I think. You know, these things were uh, worked on and have been now rolled out on the basis of trying to get a better offer for the consumer. The MRO, frankly, was a consideration in doing these, and until we know what the operational uh, requirements of MRO are going to be, we're not really going to be in a position to have agreements to react to them. Uh, whilst we've seen uh, some of those guidelines so far, uh, we don't yet have the clarity on it that, that, that we would need to form agreements that work around it. The key issue though is we want to have offers and agreements that are equitable for our publicans, give modern uh, offers to our pub consumers and are flexible and to have a range of them that suit all types of publicans in all the types of pubs that we operate. And do you think that's increasingly important given kind of the amount of multi-site and really good multi-site operators that are looking around in the market for new spaces and new sites, 
is that kind of part of the drive for that? Yes, that is part of the drive. You know, we have uh, a segment of pubs in uh, what we describe as premium and destination, where uh, specialist operators are perfectly placed to be able to uh, to run their business. Um, good example of that has been we announced last week that we have formed a partnership with Harry Ramsden's. Uh, why do we think that is such an exciting opportunity? Well, you know, fish and chips and pubs go hand in hand. We believe the two businesses have great synergies between them. But there's an example of an operator who really knows their business, knows the food part inside out. We understand the pub parts of it. Come together as a partnership and then let them operate uh, within some of our real estate uh, that gives a fantastic and new offer to the consumers. I think it's a very exciting opportunity. And a great opportunity for them to grow as well, because we all know how difficult sites are to come by. Yes, it is. Uh, I think good synergies are all round. And what about those existing publicans that when it gets to the end of their lease, uh, that they're obviously going to be up for some kind of renewal. What about if they're not interested in these new agreements? What happens then? Well, we obviously want to talk uh, to, to individual publicans in every, in every case about what's possible. Uh, as I said, we have a variety of agreements now, stretching from uh, turnover agreements to uh, commercial leases to um, offers that are retail uh, concepts, uh, retail formats. Uh, we have brands to run as well. Uh, we have such a variety of opportunities that I think it's extremely hard to believe that we don't have some type of agreement that would suit all of our publicans in one way or another. Uh, our aim is certainly to make sure that we work with the best publicans to give the right outcome for the consumers and to have publicans uh, be very content and very satisfied with the businesses that they're running. Uh, I see this as a synergy, uh, a partnership. Uh, and if ourselves and our publicans can't work in a partnership together, then we're clearly doing something wrong. And I suppose on that point, in terms of both within the pub, pub, the punch pub estate, but also I suppose the wider pub sector, when pubs aren't succeeding uh, and are struggling, and it's something we see in the press from time to time, closures of pubs and so on, why do you think that is? Do you think there's some overarching themes there? Uh, I think there's different in, in, in each individual case, to be honest with you. Uh, there are unfortunately examples of, uh, of locations where demographics have changed. Uh, perhaps towns where there was a large industry operated before and that industry has, has now closed. Um, comes to mind the old colliery towns, uh, for example, and, and regrettably uh, steel towns seem to be suffering the same issue of late, which is very uh, tragic. Uh, in those places where the demography has changed, it is possible, and we have examples, where there are more pubs than there are people who have the wherewithal to use those pubs. But the sad fact is, in those markets, you're better off having fewer but better invested pubs than you are keeping a, a larger number of uninvested pubs going. Uh, so in those markets, I understand why some pubs have to close sometimes. Uh, I think in other places, though, the prevailing reason why pubs don't work is because they're not meeting the needs of their community and of their consumers. It may be due to a lack of investment. It may be due to poor or inadequate retail standards. Uh, it may be because they're simply not offering what the consumers in that locality want. Uh, and it may be because somebody else is offering something that's better. Uh, in all of those cases, that is fixable. It's fixable through working together, understanding the consumer, 
understanding competitors, understanding that people in the community have options. Um, and then it's about coming together with an investment plan and working through, as a partnership, how you address it and improve the performance of that pub. Great. And if we looked at the kind of wider market, not just the pub space, is there anyone in particular you think stands out right now as someone that you think, wow, they're really doing great in this kind of hospitality hospitality retail space? Well, I came from running coffee shops before, so I'm probably a little bit biased. Uh, I think coffee shops over the, the course of the last 10 years have done a remarkable job. Um, who'd have thought 20 years ago that we would have as many coffee shops in the UK as we do today? Um, and the fact that people are using them, frankly, not just for having a coffee, but they're using them as a meeting place, a place for socialising, a place for doing their work, uh, and a place for relaxing as well. Um, I think coffee shops have taken some of the functionality that pubs could and should have. Uh, so yes, I do look across at uh, coffee shops as an example of where... Uh, people understand what their consumers want and deliver it very effectively. And I think there's lessons to be learned for pubs from that kind of business. And do you think some publicans ought to be slightly worried that many of these large coffee companies are coming to a space of talking and certainly looking into, uh, in some cases, I think, launching alcohol in their venues too? Well, I think, it's, I think it is a fascinating uh, dynamic in the market that you see uh, coffee shops uh, thinking about stocking alcohol and you look at pubs thinking about producing a coffee offer. So, you know, perhaps we're seeing a bit of convergence uh, in, in the market coming from uh, opposite ends. As an example, uh, we will soon be launching a, a coffee shop and pub-based uh, uh, brand called Brood and Bakes in Scotland. Uh, and it's aimed at precisely that. How do you bring people into, uh, into your pub to use during the day when they want a coffee offer? But how do you keep them through the afternoon and the evening when they want to have alcohol? Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure that kind of converged concept has got some uh, opportunity. Trading in all day parts, which is something I think I hear every day in every conference. I think it's called sweating your assets. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I think one last question. It's interesting that in my role, uh, I'm actually working with a few players at the moment who are looking to expand into the Middle East. I understand that's where you were in your last role. I was. So I suppose it's completely off topic in a way, but it would be very interesting if you could just give me a couple of minutes on your perception of that market and uh, opportunities for British companies in that market? I think there is an enormous opportunity uh, and, and it remains so for, uh, for British companies in the Middle East. Uh, one of the things that surprised me was um, American hospitality companies are much more prevalent in the Middle East uh, than, than British ones. There are some good examples of British ones there. Uh, Pizza Express comes to mind, Costa Coffee is there. Uh, but there remains an opportunity for some great British brands to take themselves out and exploit that area. Uh, the Middle East is, frankly, these days, the land of opportunity for the hospitality business. Uh, people's leisure activity is eating out, uh, that and shopping. And uh, if, as my previous employer was, in the shopping and eating out business, uh, then you are riding the crest of a wave. Uh, my view would be uh, get out there, have a look at the opportunity, partner with a really top group of people who work in the Middle East and go for it. That's great. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's pretty much wrapping up now, but thank you and good luck for the uh, remainder of this year and into next year. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.